Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This service is from April 30th, 2023, the fourth Sunday of Easter. If you like this episode, make sure you like and subscribe to our channel to get notifications when a new episode is released. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. The first reading is from Acts. Today's reading is a description of life in the community following Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out on God's people. The new community is sustained in worship and fellowship, shares what they have, and ensures that everyone has enough. The baptized devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Our second reading is from 1 Peter. Doing the right things does not guarantee that one will not experience difficulties, hardships, rejection, or even suffering. Here, Christ is presented as the model for our path of endurance and loyalty to God, particularly amid adversity. It is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were going astray like a sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but will run from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. 
So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You may be seated. And I invite you to join with me now in a word of prayer. O God, we pause today in the midst of the busyness of our lives, the many demands on our time, uh, on our attention, to turn our attention once again to you. Truly, you are always there. There is no place where you are not, but often we are distracted. Turn us again to you, the source of our life. Come afresh to your church. Remind us again of who we are and why we are here, of what you have accomplished in your great love that has shared our humanity in Jesus, that has shared our dying to rise again. Teach us those ways. Show us uh, what that means for our lives and use us for your purposes. And now may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. So we heard Jesus say in that gospel reading, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. When I picked today's hymns, it occurred to me that the refrain of our opening song, besides getting stuck in your head, could hold very different meanings depending upon one's perspective. The default interpretation of the phrase, our God reigns, may be shaped by a well-earned suspicion of institutional power and its negative impact on our world. Competing religious ideologies and the notion that God is on our side in the battle for dominance have caused great damage to our world and to the many communities comprising it. Much harm has been done in the name of God, causing many to reject religion altogether. This is so pervasive that it may be difficult to even imagine the reign of God as anything other than harmful or destructive. The strange twist that propels this hymn is found in its verses, drawing imagery from the prophet Isaiah to describe Jesus' suffering and death. The language of sovereignty and power is appropriated by vulnerability, weakness, and scorn. It is a fitting description of the strange contrasts that Jesus' first followers were forced to grapple with in the weeks following his resurrection. 
the finality of death and defeat was unraveling as their crucified Lord appeared to them and demonstrated an equally unexpected future concerning the work that was in store for them. God, indeed, was reigning, but not in the way that anyone expected. Today's readings shift the focus from Jesus' post-resurrection appearances to the disciples to reflection on their meaning for communities of faith. The endearing imagery of sheep and shepherds always evokes a sentimental mood, but taken together, today's readings offer a more restrained and serious look at the nature of serving a crucified Lord. The comforting image of a shepherd is tempered by the problem of the dangers we all must endure and the risky path of trust in the midst of very real suffering and abuse. The 23rd Psalm is celebrated not because it removes you from danger, but because it describes the help that accompanies you through it. It describes the help that accompanies you through it. It doesn't pull you out and say, oh, you don't have to worry about that. It walks with you. Jesus walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. The world that we often aspire to and enlist religion in service of rests upon a different set of assumptions of an upward journey of improvements and accomplishment that are supposed to alleviate suffering and ensure happiness for all. The kingdom of God described by Jesus and experienced by his followers, persistently undermines this. It persistently undermines such an optimistic attitude by exposing our bias and our subjection to the powers of sin and death. Jesus sets you free from these powers, not by some new and improved proposal for happiness and success, but by demonstrating in his own body, love's victory over those powers grip on your life. Set free, he then invites you to follow his path of self-emptying love, realizing God's power of life amid the suffering and the dangers of this world. Rather than some grand expression of institutional power, Today's gospel reading described Jesus' followers as a vulnerable flock who are connected only by listening to the voice of their shepherd. There are lots of dangers all around, and even having a a wall around the flock doesn't prevent people from climbing in by another way. It's all about who you are listening to. While this might be dismissed as some kind of quaint vestige of a bygone time, I wonder about its impact for faith communities today. Amid profound cynicism and despair, it conveys a simplicity and clarity more faithful to the reign of God as Jesus embodied it than our desperate attempts at relevance or success could ever do. 
The first communities of Jesus' followers were known, as we heard in our first reading today, for sharing everything in common, providing for the needs of others from their own resources, and living in such a way that they elicited the goodwill of all, even inspiring wonder and awe. When's the last time you heard about a congregation doing that, <laughs> living in that kind of a way? It was an unexpected expression of faith in an unexpected Lord whose innocent suffering demonstrated the greater power of love and hope. It bore witness to the reign of God in lives transformed by Jesus' victory, turned outward toward the needs of others, generously sharing the divine gift of abundant life. You can glimpse this radical hope in practices like writing a letter to decision makers in the belief that hunger is not inevitable in our world, that there are things that we can collectively do so that others may live. You can glimpse it in people who refuse to be dominated by the cynicism and despair and threats that would define our civic life standing up for the sake of those most vulnerable among us. And you can glimpse it as congregations discover just how much they have to share with their neighbors. And as neighbors respond with creativity and hope. Through such simple expressions, God's reign of love is being realized. And it is transforming our world. Amen.